Not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. I played field hockey for two years, I played lacrosse for three years, and I also managed voice wrestling. Yeah, I try to manage my schoolwork and my after school work. Greetings from the dark side of the pomegranate. I am your host, Billy Hoosh. Welcome to Even Salt Looks Like Sugar, a podcast that explores true crime, paranormal activity, and unsolved mysteries. This series discusses difficult and distressing subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 15, The Murder of Hei Min Lee. Hei Min Lee was an 18-year-old Korean-American woman with big goals and even bigger dreams, until one day that all came to an end. On February 9th of 1999, Min Lee was found dead. A month after her disappearance, the death was discovered to be a homicide. However, no one knows who did it, and as the speculation continues, with fingers pointing at multiple people, the question many of us have is, why would someone want to kill her? Join me today as I take you through the murder of Hei Min Lee. Hello, I'm Sarah Afshar. Human nature is the multidimensional interface between the human being, their behavior, and the impact of their actions. And as a basic part of human life and development, human nature also tells us why we exist, who we are as people, where we really come from, and what we believe to be important in life. And although we have the ability to give and to receive, it is the human mind that has discovered the biochemical pathway in human nature, which conflicts with evolution and progression. If we think, do we feel? And if we feel, do we act? But what happens when we react? Good is always obtained from conscious activity. However, evil is also. Every single little thing that we do is created by nature. And although our brain storage capacity is limitless, it is what reacts to human nature and allows us to think, to feel, to remember, to learn and even to rationalize. But guess what? The brain cannot feel pain. Not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. Hei Min Lee was an 18-year-old South Korean-American from Baltimore, Maryland. Often described as being motivated, driven, and happy, Min Lee was described as a free-spirited idealist who loved life and those around her. 
She had a decorum and character that resonated joy, which is why she had many friends in her short years here on Earth. She was a student at Woodland Hills High School. Her teachers described her as very bright, yet bubbly, young woman with a wonderful future ahead. However, on Wednesday, January the 13th of 1999, Heyman Lee simply vanished. She never told anyone where she was going. She simply left without a trace. Worried about her whereabouts, her family informed law enforcement immediately. A missing persons report was made. However, after relentless searches, Min Lee was simply not found. On Tuesday, February the 9th of 1999, Hei Min Lee was found dead. Almost a month after she was reported missing, her body was found by a man named Alonzo Sellers. As the speculation as to what happened to her grew, so did the allegations too. Most people who knew Hay wanted to know why she died, how she died, and who killed her. And when it was discovered she was strangled to death, her friends demanded answers. During this time, physical evidence was collected, but a lot of it was never tested. This was in 1999. This was over 20 years ago. As for the evidence collected and never tested, some of that includes unidentified body hairs found on Hayes' body during the rape kit analysis. During this time, someone perpetuated a strong narrative that they knew who murdered Hei Min Lee and pinned the entire crime on her ex-boyfriend, Adnan Saeed, as the primary suspect. It wasn't just one person. It was multiple people making this claim. Some of these people making these claims also informed authorities that Saeed told them directly that he quote-unquote did it. And some of these same people who made these claims also told authorities that they saw her body. But a thorough investigation never exactly happened into the case. The authorities just took one primary witness's testimony as fact and as gospel for the most part and went along with it. The stories from all witnesses blaming Saeed for the crime were riddled with inconsistencies and one-dimensional red herrings, as if it were a cabal dedicated to sticking to just one narrative because every witness was connected to the primary witness. The discrepancies of the times the witnesses claim they made contact with Saeed the times of the alleged phone calls themselves, the times they claim they visited other people during the time frame, it all does not add up and simply does not make sense. One of the witnesses is a man by the name of Jay Wilds. This is the man I am referring to. 
He was probably the primary witness in this entire case, especially in the beginning, perhaps the only one. Wilds has a history with the law and one quick search into this man reveals this. Most of what he shared with the authorities and the courts themselves don't make a lot of sense because it is mostly one-sided. And if I'm being honest, seems a little off. I don't know about you, but without question, there's something off about a man who is evidently deceptive. And not just once, but multiple times. Deception isn't something you can camouflage. I mean, Jay had been to our house in some narratives twice that day, like with Adnan and then later with Jen, in some narratives three times that day, once without Adnan, then with Adnan, then with Jen, which apparently, I mean, he's not even her friend. He's like, a, a, she's a friend of Jen. So I think already she was kind of like, why does he keep showing up? Bring somebody that no, neither her or her boyfriend know. If Wilds were even remotely aware of Syed, it's clear he was fully aware that Min Lee's family despised him. This made it easy for them to speculate Syed's involvement in her death. Wilds also denied being friends with Adnan Syed, yet claimed Syed told him he killed Hei Min Lee. He also claims Adnan let him borrow his car. If you actually separate fact from fiction, I think most of you listening to this podcast right now would know a person who is not a friend would never confide into an acquaintance about killing their ex-girlfriend. This isn't just criminological logic, it's common sense. Think about it. This leads me to believe Wilds is deceptive himself along with those who support him with the same narrative. It was also revealed that one of Jay's girlfriends, a woman by the name of Stephanie McPherson, told authorities Jay borrowed Adnan's car to buy her a birthday present, yet lied about the time he visited her the night he alleged murder occurred. The night the alleged murder occurred. I will reveal another fact regarding this very shortly because there is more. Fast forward 15 years. Remember the unidentified body hairs found on Hei Min Lee? They were finally tested. And guess what? They do not match the DNA of Adnan Syed. This leads me to question, why were the body hairs never tested in 1999 for DNA evidence when Hay was originally found? Why did authorities wait over a decade later to test them? And since the body hairs don't belong to Adnan, wouldn't that make him exempt from committing the crime? It's clear they belong to someone, but they were tested and did not match with Adnan Syed or the DNA of Adnan Syed, who is more than the alleged suspect, but the man who many conclude took Min Lee's life. With that said, the same suspect, Adnan Syed, is currently sitting behind bars, and it took 15 years to test this evidence. This isn't all. Adnan Syed had an alibi for the day the crime allegedly took place, according to a woman by the name of Asia McLean or Asia McLean Chapman. 
if Syed was talking to Asia during the time Wilde's claims he saw and spoke with Syed, it's clear others saw him in the area with her. If he allegedly murdered his ex-girlfriend, Hay Min Lee, in the Best Buy parking lot during the time he was talking to Asia, wouldn't that make him innocent? Or did they just have the preconceived notion he was guilty because several people said so? Several people who clearly have some sort of agenda, as every single witness who claimed he did it are all connected. Connected to one person. One person who seemed to know way too many details. I was sitting in the library bored to tears and someone walked in that I knew. I asked him um, about his breakup with Hay. She was dating someone else, but that he just wanted her to be happy. Uh, he didn't seem to be uh, disturbed or angry with her. The biggest thing to us was setting a good example for our children, um, leaving a legacy of integrity. If Jay Wilds, Jennifer Pusateri, and Kathy, a good friend of Pusateri's, say it was Adnan Syed who murdered Hay Min Lee, yet Adnan's DNA didn't match the unidentified body hairs on Hay's body, that would mean one of two things here. Someone else killed her, a stranger, someone who isn't connected to any of these people within this group, a possible serial killer. But then again, why would someone go through all of the trouble to make others believe Syed did it when his DNA didn't match the hairs found on Hay's body? A serial killer wouldn't make the connection to frame Syed, and there is no way someone would go through so much trouble to make a story to tell they weren't involved. They would remain silent. Speaking of which, let's not forget about the vehicle, which was found near an apartment complex and analyzed. This revealed the car was voluntarily placed there. It was moved. Why is this fact overlooked? It would make more sense that those people who are directly accusing Adnan are guilty or are involved much more than we realize. Perhaps they did it themselves, perhaps together. This would also make sense for them to convince other third parties that he had a motive for killing her, especially if he isn't guilty. Wilde knew Syed and knew the response others would have, which is one clear fact I've discovered in this case. He knew Min Lee's parents despised Adnan. He knew Adnan and Hay were always in and out of a relationship. He knew it all. Yet he maintains Adnan was just an acquaintance. If you're enjoying tonight's episode, of Even Salt Looks Like Sugar, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Also visit our official website, evensalt.com.
www.itlookslikesugar.com. Thank you for listening. Adnan Saeed's DNA was never found on Hay Min Lee's body. However, because of the time this crime happened, I don't know if Saeed truly received a fair trial. 2001, for instance, was a time when anyone of Middle Eastern descent was not just profiled for being Middle Eastern, but hated for the malevolent acts of others who shared the same and or similar ethnic background. Although the investigators and the courts have relentlessly denied prejudice, it should not be sought out entirely. The main evidence came directly from Jay Wilde's individual testimonies in court. Wilde's claimed that Saeed had plans to kill Min Lee weeks prior to her disappearance and death because she quote-unquote humiliated him and dishonored him. Wilds goes on to tell authorities that he spoke with Saeed directly on the phone regarding his plan. And shortly after, Wilds told authorities that Saeed threatened to report him to the police for selling drugs. If Wilds spent this much time trying to convince the courts that Saeed is guilty, Perhaps he's much more involved than we think he is. After all, not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. When I heard the stuff in, at the trial, I was there the, the first trial, and it, it was just kind of shocking to me. I was like, you know, if he, uh, he's been convicted of, or he's going to be get, getting convicted of such a horrendous crime like how could he would would act normal like i mean he just he was just normal him it's just there's no way that i would feel or had ever doubted in my mind the fact that he he could commit such a crime you know um he's just the type of person who's very nice very welcoming so it's just it's just no way he wouldn't hurt a fly so it's just like there's no way and he has so much going for him so like why would he need to jeopardize his position I mean, like he's just the most smartest person good looking Charming, funny guy, caring, loving, uh, very smart. Um, uh, of course, he knew a, a lot about the, the religion as well. And um, just, uh, you know, uh, since the beginning, w when I first met him, like, I felt like, you know, he's like someone I knew for years. Like, his whole family was uh, always very caring and welcoming and stuff. So, till, till today, it just, it just bothers me. Within, I think, 72 hours after that incident occurred, um, and supposedly when Hay died, um, it was me, um, a good friend of ours, uh, Yusuf Kwaja, um, a guy named Yasser Ali, and uh, one more gentleman I can't think of. Um, we actually went to uh, like a, one of the friends' party, um, and uh, Nam was there. Of course, there were a few girls there as well, and um, this is within like three to four days after supposedly when this occurred. And, um, you know, Adnan was perfectly normal, um, you know, laughing, joking, um, and uh, just being him. Um, so, you know, when I look back at, at all these events, what, what happened, and the timeline that's given, and what happened when she disappeared and when she was killed, to me it's like, how can someone commit such a horrendous crime and act normal? That's one thing. Besides the fact that people are there's no way that you can do such a 
thing like that and just act normal. There's no way. The phone records revealed shocking proof that doesn't make sense and only adds more suspicion to the entire ordeal. The phone calls made on Adnan's phone to Jay Wilds were very short. This included both incoming and outgoing calls. As if someone intentionally tried to call a phone number to make it show up in the call history, but sadly wasn't wise enough to stay on the phone for it to look like a legitimate phone call. Wilde said Saeed planned her death in a phone call. However, that phone call lasted less than 20 seconds. How can you tell someone your plan in an 18-second time span? In addition to this, Jay Wilds makes serious allegations that Adnan tells him that he was going to give Jay his car to use and his cell phone. He goes on to say that Adnan asks Hay for a ride the same day and that he was going to kill her. He goes on to admit multiple times that he had Adnan's car and cell phone. As compelling as this sounds, I don't know if I can believe such a plan would take under 20 seconds to explain. It may be somewhat different if Wilds called to tell Adnan where he was and vice versa, but he still maintained the idea that the entire time the crime was planned in a short phone call. Wilds then tells the court that Saeed wanted to meet him at a Best Buy hours later. During this time, he allegedly admits to the crime before showing Jay Heyman Lee's body in the trunk. Jay also tells investigators and the courts that she appeared lifeless. Her body was twisted like a pretzel and her lips were blue. Wilds proceeded to say he and Saeed buried the body at Leakin Park. However, there's just one conflict or shall I say, one of many conflicts in Jay's story. Friends overheard Hay talk to Adnan the same day Jay claimed Adnan killed her and never once did anyone hear him ask her for a ride, nor did they actually ever give him one. Friends who were unaware started to ask and kind of pry to see if Min Lee gave Saeed a ride home. Hay told one friend that she didn't and that something came up regarding something else and that she would call her later. During the time frame, other witnesses started to come forward, including Asia McLean. McLean reached out simultaneously and often, but never made contact with Adnan nor authorities until almost 20 years after the crime happened. Her handwritten letters never made it to the hands of Cristina Guterres, his attorney at the time, or Adnan Said himself. Speculation started to grow even more profoundly than ever before. People who knew both Adnan Said and Jay Wilds started to share stories regarding both of them. One in particular was quite sketchy, but never went beyond postulation and guesswork. Remember when I mentioned a woman named Stephanie McPherson? 
According to one source who knew them both, Adnan bought Jay's girlfriend, or at least his girlfriend at the time, Stephanie, a present for her birthday. Jay didn't buy her any gift and was angry and upset that Saeed bought her something and he didn't. This not only raised many issues for concern, but would explain Wilde's ulterior motive. Another theory that was shared by one of their mutual friends is that Hay was very close with Stephanie, Jay's girlfriend at the time. Jay was unfaithful and Hay confronted him about his infidelity. This is another motive. And again, these statements provided by friends who knew both Adnan and Jay were completely overlooked. But what happened? Only Hay Min Lee has the answer at this point, and she's no longer alive. What I want to know is, who does the unidentified body hair actually belong to? Will these hairs ever be tested further? According to court documents, they are lighter body hairs and don't even physically match Saeed's. Do these unidentified hairs belong to a male or a female? Is this DNA evidence enough? And does this completely rule out Saeed's involvement in her death? If you actually examine this case fully, overlooking the discrepancies I've mentioned thus far, you'll notice Wilde's modus operandi is leaning towards criminal behavior and abuse. And if you watch interviews with Jennifer Pusateri, who is Jay Wilde's alibi in this case, you'll notice quite a few striking oddities that lean towards deception regarding both parties. You know Jennifer Pusateri has light hair. Now I don't want to speculate that Wilde's nor Pusateri were involved and behind her death, but something is surely off about it, don't you think? Furthermore, with all of the evidence provided, including the body hair evidence found on Min Lee's body, as well as the DNA evidence recovered from the body hair samples themselves, most perpetrators who commit such acts leave little to no DNA evidence. So if we theorize on what the implications are to be if these body hairs are ever identified, this neither helps nor hurts Saeed and his case. As much as any of us want to question the relevance of the DNA on the unidentified body hairs. Therefore, stronger evidence would be required before he would be a free man. But the facts also say much more. Is this an efficient intervening cause? There is no physical evidence connecting Adnan Saeed to Hay Min Lee's murder. There is no experimental evidence connecting Adnan Saeed to Hay Min Lee's murder. There is no extrinsic evidence connecting Adnan Saeed to Hay Min Lee's murder. Just speculation and hearsay evidence. Hearsay provided by Jay Wilds. Extraneous evidence may be. Conjecture evidence possibly. Others who knew both Hay and Adnan tried to disclose details in court, but never had the last word as their testimony was never selected. Or perhaps was against the weight of evidence. And then one day I'm sitting on my parents' couch 
and all of a sudden, news report, a suspect has been arrested in the murder of Heyman Lee. His name is Adnan Sayed. And a picture of Adnan comes up. And I sat up, shot up out of the sofa. I'm like, what is Adnan's picture doing on the television? Because I know Adnan. And I know his parents because they live a couple streets down the street, or, uh, in the, down the neighborhood from my parents. Hello, Billy. How are you? After examining this case, I believe Jay Wilds is involved, completely involved. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, originally I was conflicted as I had the preconceived notion Adnan Syed did everything alone and did in fact take her life and had a motive for doing so. However, after independently investigating this case as a true crime enthusiast with an unbiased point of view, mind you, I realize now that Jay is much more involved than he wants us all to believe. Not only have his stories been extremely inconsistent, he was able to share things, share things that only someone who was involved would know with the courts. This is actually what makes me believe he was in fact involved in her death. You know, Jay had first-hand knowledge of how she died, where she died, and how the authorities could locate her body and her vehicle. In addition to this, he proceeded to tell others Adnan killed Hai before ever speaking to law enforcement at all. Why would he do that? Jay also tells authorities he and Adnan were not even friends, but rather acquaintances. Yet he claims he used Adnan's car, Adnan's cell phone, and that Adnan told him he killed Hai. I mean, it can't be just me. It's not just criminology logic, but common sense. No one would ever tell someone that was only an acquaintance that they murdered their ex-girlfriend. If Adnan had a motive, it is crystal clear Jean knew about it and used this to his advantage. And you know, it's funny because despite his relentless discrepancies and denials, mind you, Jay still maintains he was at Jennifer Pusatere's house at 3.40 p.m. or in between 3.40 p.m. and 3.45 p.m. Now, if you look at the estimated time the murder took place, I mean, it was clearly premeditated. And let's not forget, there is no physical evidence of Adnan Syed killing Ha Men Lee. Now, I may be jumping the gun a bit and kind of flip-flopping around this story, but the authorities and the court solely went by Jay Wilde's testimony because of what Jay claimed to know, overlooking any additional witness testimony in favor of Adnan. If Jay Wilds did not commit the crime himself, that could explain the inconsistencies surrounding his whereabouts and his efforts to make others believe Adnan killed her. Jay told numerous people Adnan murdered Hai without Adnan's knowledge. Now think about this, if you want to think practically. Jay then proceeded to link himself to a murder in which he claims to be partially involved in. He then proceeds to involve other third parties in efforts to minimize his own involvement. I believe Jay Wilds did this purposely. He purposely linked himself to Hai Min Lee's murder because he is involved and wants to control the narrative. Truth be told, if Jay was so paranoid about getting caught or being involved in this whole mess, he would not have to contact anyone but the police. He would have contacted them on his own accord. There's a difference between being a murderer and being an accessory. And it was Jay Wilde who demonstrated paranoia and fear after getting caught. Why is that? This leads me to the question, Billy. 
If Jay is denying his friendship with Adnan Syed, what else is he lying about? But the real question remains, will there ever be justice for Hei Min Lee? Adnan was convicted of Min Lee's murder over two decades ago. He has spent over half of his life behind bars. Since he was found guilty during that time, it is possible he completely lost his presumption of innocence. If this is the case, whose obligation is it to prove whether Saeed is guilty or innocent, when it is Saeed that must exonerate himself? If he's innocent, which is quite likely, it is up to him and his team to provide proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Put him back to the day he last saw Hei Min Lee, and any witness should provide an onus of proof before speaking under oath in a court of law. If we start believing everyone automatically, on the contrary, those who commit crimes will never get caught and their victims will never receive justice. I think it's safe to say that this case deserves a second look. This is your host, Billy Hoosh, signing off. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, remember, not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. <laughs>